How do the experts compassionately handle the death of a newborn? You are listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Brian Carter. Dr. Carter is a professor of pediatrics in the Division of Neonatology at Vanderbilt's Children's Hospital in Nashville, Tennessee, and the author of Palliative Care for Infants, Children, and Adolescents, a Practical Handbook. Dr. Carter, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Good morning, Susan. Thank you for hosting me. What type of loss do parents whose newborn requires admission to the special care nursery experience? Susan, I think this is a very sensitive uh, question and one that we need to be uh, very sensitive in answering and in realizing uh, parental needs and in trying to uh, address and meet those needs in circumstances of loss. And I would start by admitting that the loss experience does begin with the admission of a child, premature or otherwise, to the neonatal intensive care nursery, the special care nursery. Or it may begin with a prenatal diagnosis that uh, was conferred a few weeks earlier by imaging studies or special tests performed on the pregnant woman and her unborn baby. So that the loss that parents experience upon or with the admission of their child to a special care nursery is multifaceted. It includes the loss of becoming a parent of some idealized and hoped-for healthy term baby. It includes perhaps the loss of self-esteem. Oftentimes there's a sense of guilt on the part of mothers and on occasion fathers who wonder what they did or did not do right or wrong, what they exposed them to, ate, drank, smoked, or otherwise that might have affected the outcome of this pregnancy and, and landed their baby in a special care nursery. And there's also loss of social status as a parent because the expectation of childbirth is a very social event. And when a family comes home but they don't bring a baby home, either because that baby remains in the intensive care nursery or perhaps that baby may die, the social status as a parent is not conferred upon or often recognized by the social milieu in which the parents live and work and interact on a daily basis. So their grief sometimes is not even acknowledged, and uh, sometimes their grief is what we would describe as disenfranchised, uh, not really valued or validated by others. What role does palliative and hospice care play in the special care nursery? Well, I think that role is variable. Palliative care certainly has components of care that would be appropriate to be applied to virtually every patient and family uh, in the special care nursery. Those components can be acknowledged as addressing the the domains of psychological and emotional support of families, the uh, social well-being of families, addressing logistical needs, uh, addressing food, transportation, where can a parent sleep in close proximity to the special care nursery, whether it's a sleep room in the hospital or share a private room with the baby or a nearby Ronald McDonald house 
or other appropriate facility or a hotel close to the hospital. The uh, other aspects of palliative care that could be pertinent to any special care nursery patient would include spiritual support for the family. Some might not prefer the use of spiritual support. They might acknowledge existential needs on the part of parents and Whatever label one might apply to that, I think what we're driving at is assigning meaning to the circumstance. Why is it that the child's in this condition, and what do I do with this information? How do I process this? What does this mean in my life, in my sense of parenting, in my concept of family? So psychosocial and spiritual dimensions, I think, could be applied broadly to every special care nursery admission. In fact, every intensive care unit admission, regardless of age or population being addressed. But particular aspects of palliative care that address pain and symptom management may come to the foreground when curative life-extending measures that are aimed at correcting underlying physiologic problems, diseases, uh, correcting birth defects, surgical procedures. Those things can't be accomplished successfully, and what really needs to be addressed is the management of comfort, the provision of human contact, reduction of any pain or suffering, and the uh, address of other symptoms that might exist, whether that's air hunger or true hunger in the sense of nutrition, so I, I think that uh, there are special aspects of palliative care that may prevail, that may take the foreground in provision of care to children in the special care nursery who are, in fact, dying or for whom care-oriented life-extending care cannot be successful. And one might then question the need to remain in the intensive care setting and, and move the child to a ward setting or a hospice setting or a home health setting with hospice or home health support. Uh, the uh, the transition may be obvious at times, or it might be uh, something that requires special attention and uh, frank uh, decision-making in a conference or roundtable-type discussion with the family. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me is Dr. Brian Carter from Vanderbilt Children's Hospital in Nashville, Tennessee, discussing the special care newborn. Dr. Carter, does specialized hospice care exist? for babies who die in utero or shortly after birth? Well, I think it's important to note that hospice care, and I'll use the term palliative, end-of-life bereavement care to really give more of a broader spectrum of what that care might entail, which can include hospice care, and often that's the most obvious component of it. Hospice care can and does exist in many communities to address what is the aftermath of loss. That is, if if one, as a pregnant woman, uh, suffers the loss of her unborn baby or suffers the loss of a child shortly after birth, even within the neonatal period after intensive care had been appropriately applied and with all the greatest intention for cure, but that cure cannot be uh, manifest, then what hospice may offer is the continuing end of the spectrum, which I noted previously as bereavement care. Bereavement care is care to the needs of the grieving parent or family member who has experienced loss. And bereavement uh, addresses 
how we incorporate that loss into our lives, again, how we may assign meaning to it, and how we work through that loss and overcome negative aspects of loss but retain positive aspects. In more recent years, the positive aspects of loss and memorializing the child, uh, speaking of him or her, allowing those that had contact with the woman prenatally, if it were stillbirth, or postnatally, if it were neonatal loss, to engage and communicate and uh, to validate the child's existence and the importance, the significance of that baby born or unborn. Specifically, how do you make good memories under these circumstances? Well, I think the the memories are made by attention to uh, principally being good humans, not necessarily a a professional skill as being a good doctor or a good nurse. It's really about being a good human being, supporting each other simply by presence, that is physically being present, not necessarily words that we say. Sometimes presence without words is more important than words that are are not followed through with uh, our presence. The other ways that are made good and memories are made include validating emotions that parents experience, allowing them to ventilate, allowing them to express their feelings and acknowledging that they are not alone in this circumstance. The child is often memorialized by making and keeping mementos, whether those are photographs, and sometimes we've had uh, wonderful portrait photography performed uh, for families with their children uh, prior to the child's passing. Uh, So there's a, a beautiful keepsake in that. Other times it's a lock of hair, a ribbon, a footprint, handprint, or mold in a cast mold. There are all sorts of things that uh, are around and within the baby's isolate incubator or bed, such as name cards and placards and other things that parents would want to keep. And these things are often put in a memory box or in a scrapbook. What is your best advice for staff who feel a great loss when a newborn dies? I think the first point of advice for staff experiencing loss is to, again, be told or to realize that they are not alone in this experience and that their sense of grief or loss is valid. And then to seek out uh, appropriate support and perhaps even counseling. Now, that support and counseling may be formal in the means of a, a professional counselor, psychologist, clinical social worker, or otherwise, Uh, Or it may be informal and be unit-based within the special care nursery staff, peer support from other nurses and physicians. Nurse management may actually help with the construct of sessions for education along the lines of loss and ascribing uh, meaning. Uh, There may be periods for staff to regroup and to share loss after a loss has occurred or perhaps repeated losses in a period of time within a unit. Spiritual support is sometimes helpful. Uh, Hospital chaplaincy may be another resource. And the uh, memorial services that most children's hospitals hold annually to remember and memorialize those children who have died in the past year are are all also events that staff may find beneficial to attend or participate, to read or to otherwise participate in. What are signs of burnout that staff should be aware of? Well, a a few key signs would include the incorporation of feelings of outside stress and circumstances pertinent to the, the job, the environment, the realization of loss that has occurred, being incorporated 
internally and the staff member feeling, sometimes stating, that it's his or her fault. It's not the circumstance, it's me. And then sort of a a backing away, uh, becoming more remote or isolated, disengagement socially. Uh, Sometimes burnout might be preceded by crass, careless attitudes, flippant language, reckless behavior in which the provider is not taking care of himself or herself. Uh, Other times uh, it may be, again, more seclusion and withdrawal and a sense that this is too much, I can't do this anymore. Perhaps this can impact negatively in decision-making and even competency for caring at the bedside. Dr. Carter, thank you for joining us to discuss the special care newborn. You're certainly welcome. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>